Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. meeting is being recorded. Hey, thanks for stopping by for another episode of the Gonzo Chronicles. Back with us is Elizabeth Cooper from the Caffeinated Cooper Show. Elizabeth, you were busy earlier tonight with the show. Uh, how's everything going at the Caffeinated Cooper Show? Going well, going well. Thank you so much for having me on again. So you've got a lot of, uh, are you building a subscriber base on YouTube now with the Caffeinated Cooper channel? And uh, yes. I guess... All of your shows are going over there now, too? All the shows are going over there um, as well. I believe they opened up that simulcast ability. Um, I broadcast through a software called BeLive, and I've been with BeLive since 2017. So for about two years now, they've opened up the ability so that we can simulcast you know, Facebook and YouTube. You can also do LinkedIn. Um, and I believe there's one other instance, um, I want to say it's Instagram, but I don't think it's, in, I think it's like Twitch or something like that, that I'm not on. Um, so yeah, I utilize Facebook and YouTube and I actually had a guy on a couple episodes back. So we're actually at our 51st episode of the year so far. And so maybe he was like 45 or 43, something like that. Um, of this year. So we're in our sixth season. And he is a worm farmer in Alabama. He's also literally a rocket scientist and he works through the Aeronautics uh, Space Museum in Alabama. And uh, he said, he's like, you know what, Elizabeth, you've got to hit them in the front. You have to mention subscribe to the channel on YouTube right in the front. So I've taken his advice. And yes, I am pushing for people to subscribe on YouTube because it's a great way to be interactive with the show, you know? Yeah, because it goes live on Facebook and on YouTube at the same time. And uh, you had a you were very interactive tonight with a lot of people chiming in with your guest tonight. Who was I, I listened to the show. She was phenomenal, uh, a health expert, um, a kamikaze workout fiend. It was, it was really a fun show. And a woman who almost went to med school. So this is yeah. a, a brainiac, a chemist by trade, and uh, fascinating. Yeah, she was phenomenal. Her name is Jody Tahart, um, and she's out of Las Vegas. Uh, she, man, she has a wonderful portfolio, a modeling portfolio, but she's a natural fit model. 
um, natural meaning she's never um, juiced, you know, no steroids. It's just clean diet, hard work. And she looks absolutely phenomenal. She said, it's really interesting now that she's in her mid forties. She said, I'm getting the same requests today for modeling gigs as I did when I was 21. And she's like, it's, it's just so wild. And I said, well, you know, generationally things have changed because the generation of women that are now in their forties going into fifties don't look like they did 30 years ago. They don't look like our moms at 50 years old. Like we're still fit and we're still um, very attractive women. So many of them. Yeah. It, yeah. It's amazing how just like times have changed. I, um, it kind of makes me laugh because I think of a, a guy who's a friend of the show here, uh, Heidi Gadd and Mace Byers. They, they host a show called Aliens and Beyond. Uh, and uh, he's in a band called uh, Great A's. And uh, that's the band that um, Chester Bennington, the guy from Lincoln Park who passed away, that was his yes. original band. So they got his original recordings, re-recorded their music around it as a tribute uh, to, to him. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, with, with the blessing of his family, of course, and they, they did that. And uh, anyway, I have to laugh because he was going to come on the show, but he got pinned down in L.A. And I'm like, what's going on? He was like with his new girlfriend. And uh, I'm like, oh, well, you know, he like, I guess there's a picture of her on Facebook with him. I said, uh, oh, yeah. And he goes, he called her a gilf. I'm like, a gilf. And it took me a minute to get what he was talking about. Like a grandma instead of a milf. Oh, a a gi- oh. And I'm like, <laughs> that lady is a grandma. Like you, like you can, uh, like, I like when you told me you had a, a grandchild, I was like, what the hell? Like, you don't, you don't look old enough to have kids that are in high school. But yet, you know, um, I, but it's, yeah, I kind of had to chuckle about that. But, uh, but yeah, folks, yeah, definitely go subscribe on YouTube. While you're at it, check out the Gonzo Chronicles over there and give me a subscribe. Um, I put up dumb shit. So she puts up fun content. I put up dumb content. So you can kind of balance it out. Um, and you know what? We're, we're no stranger. Like we're, we, everyone knows that we're both kind of fans of mysteries because we've done uh, some shows on the, on, on yours about some, you know, infamous mysteries and fun things, but we have seen so much weird stuff in our lifetimes that just like unsolved mysteries that have a lot to do with celebrities. And I'm going to bring up a couple of things that um, you're going to remember. Well, were you a fan of Millie Vanilli back in the day? Yes, of Girl, course. They were the stuff. <laughs> Girl, MC you know Hammer pants, right? So MC Hammer and his pants, um, Cavaricis, um, you know, especially if you're in the Northeast, you're going to remember the Cavaricis, Millie Vanilli concerts. Who else? Um, oh, you got the hair bands too, Slaughter and... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I remember seeing so many of these hair bands. My sister Melinda used to take me. She would, I would be like the third wheel with her and her boyfriend. She eventually married him, right? But she was like, no, if we're going to see a hair band, my little brother's coming along. And I, I'm sure he hated the hell out of me for this, but that's okay. Um, I saw like Aerosmith back in the day with Skid Row, uh, Scorpions, Britney Fox, Cinderella. I've seen Poison, I think like five times. David Lee Roth. I saw Van Halen with uh, Sammy Hagar. And then the other singer after that, Gary Sharon. I saw them down in Charlotte at what used to be called Blockbuster Pavilion before Blockbuster went the way of the dodo bird. 
I've seen so many of these hair bands. Like Warrant. Do you remember Warrant? I remember Warrant. Do you remember Zebra? Hell yes, I remember Zebra. It is amazing the bands that, like, the other day somebody said, like, hey, you remember that band Shotgun Messiah? And I'm like, yeah, I had a poster of them on the wall when I was in high school. And they're like, no way. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. Heartbreak Boulevard. That was, like, I, I remember these names, these songs, you know. But Millie Vanilli, wow. Lip syncing. They got caught lip syncing, which was the biggest no-no at the time back then. But I think everybody lip synced because anybody that went on Club MTV, do you remember that, that dance I show? Yeah. Yeah. So these guys, uh, Morvin and Pilatus, it says here in this book I've got, United States of Epic Fails. Millie Vanilli made the list, man. Um, it says uh, they could both sing, but their English skills are quite limited, to say the least. They could have had nice careers in Europe. But that probably wouldn't have been the extent, or that would have been the extent, unless they mastered English. And neither singer had time for that. So the producer, Frank Ferrian, decided to do what he had done for some of his other musicians, have others actually sing the damn lyrics. And what a just what a an embarrassment when everybody found out and they tried to play it off. Do you remember, like that's really us, and it wasn't. I know. I remember that they tried to play it off. And, you know, if, if you think about the times for them to get caught doing something like that in the late 80s, I believe it was late 80s. It wasn't 90s yet. Right. Not quite. I don't think it was probably 88, 89. Right. So we didn't have reality shows yet. We were a couple of years away from that first reality show that MTV produced. But let's say that happened in 2010, that if that happened in 2010 and they were successful enough to sell tickets, to host concerts, and then somewhat into their career, they get found out that they're lip syncing, they would have had a reality show of their own. Yeah. But instead, we were all shocked and shaken. They were shunned. Nobody ever heard from them ever again. I'm just saying they struck too early. You're right. They, they would have had a book, a reality show, and a, and a movie of the week. Uh, they, would have, they would have been on every news show uh, painted up as the victim. Like somebody took advantage of the poor guys. Totally. And, um, but yeah, I remember, I remember that. And it was the, what was the name of that? The Real World. I think that was the name of the first um, reality TV show. And I know I like some reality TV, but I'm so pissed at MTV for creating that genre that we haven't had any real shows. You know, there's so too much reality TV because it's cheap to produce, I guess. And, uh, you know, I like it. I like a good drama. And it's uh, totally cheap to produce. So, so one of them, um, when we were all locked in the same house together and I had a whole lot of people locked in this house, a lot of them teenagers and um, my daughter's. They said, oh, come on, mom, let's watch 90 Day Fiance. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, I just I already put a storyline to it before I even found out really what it was. And I'm like, this is this is going to be straight up trash TV, this, that and the other. Guess what I wound up watching from being on my couch in recovery for months 90 day fiance because I turned it on and I'm like, oh, 
oh, this is kind of interesting. Like there already was a relationship. It's just somebody is American and they're dating somebody who's in another country. So then they got into the K-1 visa process and what does that mean and how to get into the United States under that. It actually became really interesting, but to talk about how much money they make, they make like nothing. I mean, for the whole season, it's like 500 bucks. I mean, it's nothing. They put, yeah, I think people trade celebrity for like just, just too cheap these days. Um, it's not I, worth it. No, like I like I write books, right? I would love to be a famous writer and super rich, but I don't want anybody to know the real me. You know what I mean? I would like <laughs> just stay off the grid and, and and that'd be fine. But so many crazy things happen. Like there's so much shock TV. Like you know nowadays everybody you know, in the late '90s and 2000s we had uh, Howard uh, Howard Stern, which uh, he had been around for a long time, but. You know, Howard Stern. And then, but you know, a lot of people forget, like they talk about Jerry Springer. He used to be the mayor of Cincinnati. Did you know that? Was he really? He was, before he was in that show, he was the mayor of Cincinnati. And I think he got caught with a prostitute or something. And that's how he got out of politics. But then he became Jerry Springer, the TV personality guy. <sighs> and um, then, but like that shock reality TV, like before that, do you remember Donahue? Yeah, that's going way mm-hmm. back, uh, but like we were like way little kids. Morton and, Downey Jr. Well, I was about to say Morton Downey Jr. before that. So there's like nothing new under the sun. It just kind of gets rehashed in right. a way. But uh, but yeah, I guess reality TV it all started there with the real world. And it I watched it when it came out. I was entertained. The uh, the late night talk shows like, you know, of course, we had um, before David Letterman, you had um, uh, Johnny Carson. So you had the Johnny Carson. You you had some good late night. But then that um, the other talk shows started popping up. You had uh, was it not Uma Thurman? Um, You had um, Arsenio Hall was one of them. Arsenio Hall. But then you had. There was another woman. I want to say she was Slavic. Do you remember? She had a very unique yes. name. Oh, who was that? Right. What was her name? Uma Thurman's the only name coming to my head, but that that is not her. That is she is an actress. She was in pulp fiction. That that is not. But this lady I can she hear had, her voice in my head. Right. I can hear it. Yeah. It's, but yeah, there was all kinds of shows. And now there's like a Samantha B, you have that on TBS. But there's such a pro- proliferation of talk shows. And I'll throw this out here. Like, you should have a show in Atlanta like Oprah had in Chicago. You should be the Atlanta talk host. <laughs> that, would that, be- oh, that would be interesting. There's a lot of them here in Atlanta. Um, you know, TV has changed so much, especially now with so much digital streaming video and all the different streaming sources. It's uh, really interesting. God, I'm still looking for her name. Joan Rivers had a show. Joan was, yeah. she, she was out there. She was just straight up. There's no other way to say it, but just balls to the walls. Like there, there was no yeah. limit on and Joan there was, Rivers. There was no shutting her up either. She was, and even to, up to her death, which, which, you know, people were, uh, because it was right after she said uh, something that was so controversial that it still 
plays today on YouTube videos when they were asking her about what what did they think about having the first black president. Do you remember that comment she made? I don't remember, I don't remember what she said. No. He was going into an award show, and you can find this on YouTube. And then they and she said, that's fine. She goes, do you think America's ready for the first gay president? And she says, we already have the first gay president. And they're like, what are you talking about? And she said, oh, please, everybody knows that Michelle's a tranny. So she said. Is that and really she, what she said? It's really what she said, yeah. And you can find the video easily on YouTube. Um, and uh, she, uh, but, it, but it wasn't long after that that she died. Now, nothing mysterious about her death, right? But it, but it was like, well, what, a, what a damn coincidence. It's like somebody said something, I got dirt on Hillary Clinton, and they're dead two weeks later. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's so weird, you know, how these, how these things happen. But, um, yeah, that was what she, that's what she claimed. And uh, it went viral after that. I remember when that happened. But you know what? Everybody's got a camera now and a, and a video recorder on their phone. And back in the day, like in the 90s, I'm so glad I grew up when I did and, and had my wild times in the 90s because there's no proof or evidence of it, right? So that's that's awesome. Everyone in Radford knew I had a great time. Yeah. Everyone in town knew I had a great time at college, but there's no proof of that. Um, but one of the crazy things also, do you remember going into one of the uh, the Olympics? Nancy Kerrigan was like America's sweetheart, this, this cute figure skater, and she's supposed to place really well in the Olympics. And then what happened? Somebody out of nowhere came and took a tire iron to her knee while she was trying to get off the uh, ice. And whoever it yeah. was had a mask. And uh, they blamed it on her, her rival. Uh, uh, what, was her, what was her name? Uh, Tanya Harding. Yeah, Tanya Harding. So this is also this epic fails. Get how dumb this is. I, I had no idea how deep this thing went. So I guess the FBI was focused on this guy, uh, Galuli, which was her bodyguard. And uh, a guy by the name of Sean Eckert, Derek Smith, and Shane Stamp. So all these names come up. I'm like, well, how in the hell did all these people come into this? So anyway, this guy Eckert confessed to the conspiracy and he told and you told on everybody else involved into this how this happens, right? How embarrassing is this? This is a uh, this is once the details of what these guys did emerged, then it was laughable. Galuli was essentially the ringleader, paying Eckert sixty five hundred dollars to make it happen. Then Eckert subcontracted the hit, as it says, to his friend Derek Smith, who then took his money and hired Shane Stamp, the man who actually carried out the attack like one guy didn't want to do it so he paid another guy and that guy didn't want to do it so he paid another guy and next thing you know you got so many people that's going to tell on each other that it was just ridiculous but tanya harding i guess like tore a what was it something like a string in her skate and she screwed up yeah she did a couple of things to try to sabotage that girl and that was just that was just sad i mean <laughs> and then she had a leaked sex tape uh-huh Tanya Harding. Mm -hmm. Why how they fall, huh? Your 15 yeah. minutes of fame, then and then she does, and I'm sure she did the sex tape on purpose. And a lot of people were starting to do that back then. Remember Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And then you had um uh Paris Hilton years later, but still Paris and Hilton then, that leaked. Then uh 
Oh, what's his name? Brett Michaels from Poison and Pamela mm-hmm. Anderson. They had a video too. Like, how many videos did Pam Anderson do with rock stars? <laughs> Probably a lot. And look at her life. It's like, she had like found a nice guy. Like <laughs> somebody that sold that one. Uh, maybe that she didn't catch hepatitis from. And that would have been interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. It know. would be, you know, and that's, she's one of those um, people where when she first came onto the scene, she was so adorable. I mean, just naturally beautiful. And she went and she really kind of reconfigured herself with, you know, some of her adjustments. I think she, she went after a nose job and, you know, a couple of different face altering surgeries. And I don't think that she ever needed it. No, I thought she was just beautiful naturally, but the the more work she had done, it's like, yeah, you're still pretty, but it's like, you're not that pretty as she was. Now, we kind of like some of the things on the darker side of these mysteries. Now, you uh, told me that you went to high school with uh, an actress that, uh, or, or you didn't know her directly, but a couple of years apart, locally where you grew up, uh, with an actress that I think was one of the most beautiful actresses of her time, Brittany Murphy. And she died at the age of 32. And uh, some people said it was natural causes. Uh, a lot of people thought it was foul play. and not. Long after her death, her husband Simon died under some really weird, mysterious circumstances. What, tell us a little bit about like what you knew of Brittany Murphy. So Brittany Murphy, she actually, I went, we were one town apart. So, you know, our high school used to play her high school and football and all that kind of stuff. So between friends, there were friends that knew a lot of people from that high school and vice versa. So I never met Brittany personally because I believe she was two or three years younger than me. Um, And yeah, she died. I didn't realize she was 32. I thought maybe she was a little bit younger than that. Um, Suddenly, and I had heard then it was suspected of an overdose, but it wasn't necessarily, um, it was, prescriptions that were prescribed to her. It's not like she had somebody getting it for her, but that's what I had heard. So I'm going to look that up really quickly as I thought it was you know, kind of borderline an overdose type thing. Yeah, that was, uh, that's what I thought just when the news came out. And, uh, but you know, when we look back at, especially in recent years at the number of celebrities that have passed that we grew up with, um, so, some of them, like, I don't really get attached because, of, you know, for whatever reason, I don't really get attached to celebrities. But there's some that just kind of like, kind of bothered you. Like when Prince died, Prince yeah. did not seem like the kind of guy that would be dumb enough to overdose. Um, and I know he'd had a lot of controversy with owning his own music and fighting with the labels. And we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars worth of, of uh, you know, his work in his life. And then we found out he would, would they find him in an elevator? I guess he yeah, collapsed in an elevator. It's like mm-hmm. that doesn't then pass the smell test. I'm not saying anything shady happened, but it's like sometimes when a, a, something happens to a celebrity, that one kind of bothered me a little bit because that was such a big part of my growing up and my youth is listening to this guy's music from day one. Well, and that's the thing because I believe that he was working on some new music. Um, he was larger than life. You know, he just talk about somebody who just <clears throat> has no more 
F's to give, <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he was just, he was wide open and he did him 110%. So that was a huge shock um, because he was, I think he was gearing up to tour and had some new music coming out, which was going to be, I mean, absolutely huge. You know, we hadn't heard anything really, truly new. I think he died in 2018 or 2017. It's somewhere right through there. Yeah, it hasn't been within five or six years. You know, talking about Brittany Murphy and her husband. So I looked it up really quickly and you're right. It was not classified as an overdose, but this is really interesting. So it says here, um, so this is from News Nation now. Murphy's husband was found dead just five months after Brittany. End of the same causes, pneumonia and severe anemia. Uh, they're saying, you know, it's awfully coincidental for the two of them to die of the same thing. And there's a quote here in the article saying they lived in a house that had a lot of mold. So I guess that could be a symptom, maybe mold. I'm thinking potentially black mold, which is fatal. Uh, maybe that's what happens when you're exposed to black mold. That could add up. I mean, it, it's a great alibi if any foul play was happening. You know, okay, yeah. they both lived in the same house. House killed them. Yeah, that'd be, that's that's pretty amazing. Um, mm -hmm. But that, but I thought that was kind of one of those like. She was in that movie Clueless. I think that was what? probably one of her first roles. And then she was in Sin City, which uh, I thought she did really great in that role. Um, she did. You know what her first role was? No. King of the Hill, 1997 to 2009. Wow. Yeah. And then it was 2006 Happy Feet for a voice, of course, in Happy Feet. And then you're right, 2005 Sin City. Um, but I mean, she did a lot. Little Black Book, Uptown Girls, Just Married, Eight Mile. Um, yeah, Eight Mile was a, was a big hit. Yeah. yeah. Even going back, say, let's go back to the 90s when there were so many, there was a lot of things that, I mean, the 90s had a lot going on. Not only did, you know, the grunge scene and culturally a lot of things changed and the politics changed and um, TV changed to reality TV, like we we're talking about the real world. But back in 1997, one of the biggest things, you know, events that happened even to this day, was the death of Princess Di. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And she was such a, a beloved woman, like not just in Britain, even after she and Charles divorced, she was no longer a part of the royal family. But just her charitable work globally she was just such a beloved person everywhere and her death came as a shock. Do you remember like hearing that? Were you in college at the time or high school? I actually, I was at a wedding. Um, I am trying to remember whose wedding it was. I think it might've been um, my current, my boyfriend at the time, it was his mother was getting remarried so I was up in New Jersey at a wedding and I remember it was the limo driver that told me because this was not particularly a great relationship I was in at the time. Unfortunately, I was too young, you know, young and dumb to realize that he actually was an alcoholic. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, 
you know, of course, it's a wedding. Everybody's enjoying themselves. And he was enjoying himself a little bit too much. His mother was a super snob, which my personality, like, I just, I don't get along with them. <laughs> so I, we were all given cigars, <laughs> which was kind of an odd thing to be given um, at a wedding reception, but we were all given cigars and I love the smell of cigars. So I sort of had escaped off to my own and, um, and I was looking for someone to light my cigar, to be honest with you. So the limo driver was standing there and he had the radio on, he was listening and I had heard it from him while I was trying to light my cigar. And I thought, goodness, you know, somebody who's so beloved around the world for all of the work, she, she gave that real life feel to the monarchy. You know, it was yeah. all of a sudden there was actual life and Queen Elizabeth, I mean, good. They just had their Jubilee. So she's in her nineties and what was it? The 70th Jubilee or something. So she is now the longest, um, how would you say it? Longest running monarch, but yeah. this is the longest duration under one rule ever in history is Queen Elizabeth and I is Queen Elizabeth the um, second and uh, it, you know it just felt like the heart of the monarchy sort of fell away from it and then there was all of the smear campaigns and all of the rumors and you know that Queen Elizabeth had hired somebody to kill her because she was more popular than the monarchy was, and she was taking away from uh, Prince Charles and, you know, all this kind of craziness. And the whole thing was just terribly sad because her boys were still very young. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, it, it was sad, but uh, I think, you know, there was probably some truth to the fact that the monarchy really didn't like her. And uh, because, probably some jealousy because of that. And there's countless conspiracy theories out there you can still find documentaries um to this day that talk about the conspiracy about how the paparazzi you know conspire somebody in, involved in that to cause that accident um it was terrible it really was a terrible thing it was one of those things that, one of those moments like you remember when mm -hmm. and uh kind of, kind of like when oj was acquitted you remember when i remember where i was at when uh, they broke into the uh um, live TV to show that white Bronco driving slowly down the freeway near LA. I was in Atlanta watching the Braves versus Reds game. And uh, it was old Fulton County Stadium before they tore it down. And they had this big Titantron TV up there because Atlanta, as you know, is the home CNN. Ted Turner owned the Braves at the time. So here we are all, seventh inning stretch, we're watching OJ run from the cops. It was, it was like, well, I'll, I'll never forget this moment. <laughs> but uh, but there's so many dark moments and like uh, unsolved things and celebrities. Are there any others that uh, kind of come to mind for you? Oh, goodness. There's so many. We, we've gone through the past 25 years has been kind of crazy. You know, like you had mentioned, a lot of celebrities that had passed away and didn't think that uh, they were going to, you know, as I'm thinking about moments in time of where was I for a large event, you know, the Challenger explosion, yeah. I remember exactly where I was. That was a snow day for us. So we had the day off from school 
and my brother was teaching me how to play chess. So I think I was in maybe third grade when that happened. Um, so I remember that one. I remember, um, I was going to say the Pope at one time. I was too young for the Pope in New York City. I went to go see Pope John Paul in Denver. But, you know, there's there's a couple of things. I'm trying to think of some big big deaths. <laughs> um, but, you know, Betty White. Yeah. Of course, Betty White, She that just happened. And she was 99. She was turning 100 in January of this year, 2022. She already had her 100th birthday planned. I know. And she <laughs> dies on New Year's Eve, 2021. As if that what? year hadn't punched us in the face enough. You know, America, yeah. she was, she, to me, she was truly America's sweetheart. I know everybody likes to call Jennifer Aniston that for a while, but no, man, Betty White, she was, and, and you know, another person, I'm going to be very sad when she dies, Carol Burnett. Yes. That woman probably, to me, is one of the funniest woman and I've ever, I've ever seen. I loved her old shows. Speaking of old shows, there was, um, do you remember Hogan's Heroes? We probably saw it in syndication, but it was an old show. Well, the guy never got into that one. I never really got into it either. But the guy that was, I remember his face because it would come on all the time. And I never really watched it much. And his name was Bob Crane. And this guy, I, this was truly a story of Hollywood seedy underbelly. Because he was bludgeoned to death. He, he, was, he was killed. Um in Scottsdale, Arizona, in his apartment while he was on tour. And this was back in June of 1978. Now, he went from being a having a huge TV show to uh, then he, I guess, people got frustrated with him. And then uh, he didn't get offered a lot of roles, but then he had another show called The Bob Crane Show on NBC. And then that got canceled because nobody was watching it. So he goes back to performing in dinner theaters. So he's on tour with this dinner theater called Beginner's Luck. And he was in Scottsdale, Arizona um, for a production of this show. And then uh, he was killed, bludgeoned to death there in his apartment. And the thing that, like, you thought, well, who the, who the hell would kill this guy? Well, he had such a crazy private life. Um, he, had to, he had made friends with a guy by the name of John Carpet. And no, not the director from Halloween. <laughs> but another guy, John Carpenter, who was a, he worked for Sony Electronics. And he often, according to what I read, he helped a lot of famous clients with their video equipment. Well, anyway, Bob Crane meets this guy and they, they become friends and, you know, going out to bars and hanging out together and kind of become inseparable. But because Bob Crane was a well-known actor, he used his celebrity to get women. And as he would bring them home, uh, the guy uh, Carpenter would videotape these sexual escapades and then vice versa. Whenever this other guy brought a woman home uh, and he, you know, Bob Crane would end up videotaping. Now they claimed that all the women knew about what was going on, but none of them did. Well, anyway, I guess he got tired of the friendship with this guy, uh, uh, Car uh, John Carpenter and uh, was trying to kind of distance himself from it. But um, right, right as he was doing that show, uh, Beginner's Luck, 
uh, he had, uh, I guess one of his co-stars had stopped by his apartment because he didn't show up for a meeting or something. And she found his body and he was bludgeoned with a weapon that the cops couldn't identify. But some of the investigators thought it was a, a what do you call it? A camera tripod. Right. And they found some cord wrapped around his neck. So uh, they had the funeral for the guy, but they never was able to pinpoint who it was. Now, they actually brought charges against uh, the uh, the guy that was in the, uh, you know, his friend, a former friend, but it didn't stick. So to this day, it's still, a, you know, an unsolved mystery of who bludgeoned this guy to death in a horrific way in his apartment. And, you know, there's so many, there's countless Hollywood stories like this that just go unsolved um, that people just can't figure out like why what were they into who did they piss off was it the mob was it some movie execs who caught the mob to take care of some business who knows um but it's a town of mystery and and uh, excitement all at the same time i suppose that is insane i mean i'm as you're talking i pulled it up really quickly so i'm sitting here reading through it and once my eyes hit pornography, you started talking about it. And I'm like, what? No way. You almost wonder, I mean, now the tripod and the cord and all that, and he didn't want to make the videos anymore. You know, definitely you're going to think, okay, it's this guy who's filming the pornography because there's got to be a black market for it at the time. So yeah. you would think maybe they're making money off of these videos but what if it was one of the women's like husbands? Could it? Could, yeah, jealous boyfriend, father. Jealous boy? Yeah, somebody's father. That yeah. You know, I'm, you're using your celebrity ship, if you will, to get these women. There's a lot of women who are married that would do that. Just hmm. to, yeah, that's crazy, isn't? It? And, and, but we'll never watch Hogan's Heroes the same again. No. <laughs> Not that I was ever going to watch it again anyway. But then, you know, for those of you out there that like it. Um, but no, it's but so many, so many stories, fascinating stories out there. I love these unsolved mysteries. Um, mm-hmm. so some of them are tragic and sad. And some of them, like years later, still fascinate. Like uh, there's a, a new Netflix series about Marilyn Monroe. Uh, about... Mm-hmm the mystery behind her death because no one really still knows. I mean, even though they called it a, an overdose, um, she was having an affair with the Kennedy brothers mm-hmm. and with the mob. I mean, you know, you just, you gotta, you gotta wonder. I mean, I mean, even we know the CIA could probably make somebody's death look accidental. If you want somebody to die from a heart attack, they'll make sure that they die of a heart attack. Well, totally. And I mean, she dipped her toes in so many things that she really shouldn't have been involved with. And I think it was well known that, you know, she had many bouts of depression. She had lost a child at one time. Um, She was very unpredictable and very unreliable on set. But she was a moneymaker. So, you know, back in that day, you didn't have social media you didn't have anything about you know gaining numbers behind you or anything she was the it girl and when you were the it girl in the 50s and 60s and 70s you were it (laughs) you know so the studios and the productions put up with a lot of her stuff 
But even then, she still got fired from films. And she was still somebody that, you know, nobody could work with. So, yeah, she was messing around with many of them. You know, I think the Kennedys were probably the most dangerous to be messing around with. You know, but you look at the Kennedy family and there's so much craziness. I can remember, I'm sure you do, in the 80s. Um, it wasn't John John. I want to say maybe it was John John and his brother, but they had some wild, uh, very risque college parties up in the Hamptons. Do you remember the one trial that they were on for? Yeah, it was a cousin. Uh, he had black hair. I remember the guy. I can remember his face too, but I cannot remember his name. Um, and yeah, it was. It was, it was amazing how much trouble they stayed in, it seemed like. And, but they all got, they always got off, you know, and it's like Ted, it's like Ted Kennedy. Uh, he, he murdered a woman. He, Chappaquiddick, went, got drunk and went off into a, a river in a car and swam away. Didn't bother to even help the girl in the car um, that he was having an affair with behind his wife's back, I guess, you know, it's, and people to this day still try to protect the reputation of the Kennedys, but hey, let's face it, these guys are kind of sleazy. Now, I'm not saying JFK wasn't a pretty good president and probably had some good intentions, but you know, he certainly had a, a lifestyle all his own behind his wife's you know back. You know, but I did learn one really interesting thing about Marilyn Monroe uh, recently. She was a voracious reader and had one hell of an extensive personal library of rare books and first print books, classics, um, mm -hmm. had uh, Kerouac, first run print, um, and, and uh, Jack uh, Robert Frost, stuff that she took to heart. And uh, she had a personal photographer that followed her around everywhere. And she always insisted when they took those photos that either she was holding a book or there was a book in the photo, hmm. whether it was on the nightstand or, you know, on the end table or whatever. But there was always a book in the in the photograph, and she had a very, very, very proud of her rare collectible books. I didn't know she was a nerd like that. That's that's kind of cool. I didn't know that either. I know that she, um, you know, so many stories have come out saying, well, she suffered from migraines. She suffered from this. She suffered from that. So it does seem like she spent a lot of time in bed. I would assume. And, you know, then you don't have iPads, you know, you, you don't necessarily have TVs in every single room and things like that. In the 50s, 60s and 70s, there was a lot of reading happening. Yeah. So she she was apparently very well read. And uh, but so there's so many we'll have there's so many count. We could do show after show after show of all these mysteries that are out there. And we'll have to do another one again soon. So definitely. Uh, so uh, definitely everybody, when you get a chance. Caffeinated Cooper show on YouTube. Subscribe to that sucker. We'll, we'll get it at the beginning. We'll get it at the end. And uh, where, where else can they follow you? Um, well, on Amazon, we're Amazon Prime Video. So if you search the Caffeinated Cooper show under apps and games section in Amazon, we pop up. We are also on Binge Networks TV. Um, through Binge Networks TV, you can get us anywhere on all your smart um, appliances. So smart TVs, Samsung, I, 
I want to say I Apple. <laughs> I always want to say I Apple TV because everything's iPhone and iPad. Um, so you can watch us there. But to catch us live and interactive, follow me on Facebook as Elizabeth Cooper or on YouTube, the Caffeinated Cooper Show channel. Yeah, the live stuff, the interactive stuff is very fun. So I always, always enjoy that. Hey, Elizabeth, thanks for coming on again. It's always fun. We'll have Thank to do it again. Come up with some uh, anytime. We'll come up with some cool mysteries next time, some more unsolved things, and uh, and then go from there. But um, anyway, I appreciate it, Elizabeth. And anyway, everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Gonzo Chronicles. And I will see you on down the road.